comes over me, it's like being born. Everything I've ever felt, fear, power, rage, I can't hold it in anymore. Sure you're okay? I've never felt better. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Whenever we watch an, a movie that took place or that was filmed before Green Lantern, it just makes me sad for Green Lantern. <laughs> I'm like... Oh, that's an indictment when you're... That's how you're introducing this movie. Right. Because, like, it's oh, not, no. like, the top level. But I'm like, oh, it's 2003. Like, and then it made me think of Green Lantern. I'm like... That was 2011. Almost a full decade later. And we're not we're not reaching for the stars there, boys. No. No, we so, are not. So, I know this has this episode has nothing to do with Green Lantern. Go back to our Deadpool episode. Go back to our Green Lantern episode if you really want to. But like <laughs> the green that this movie starts with was just like, oh man, this is like Almost, this isn't as bad as the Green Lantern tech, or it's almost as bad, it's almost, or the Green Lantern tech's like almost this bad, Oh, but it's in 2011. Yeah, the same year as fucking Captain America, the first Avenger. That's, it's criminal. And yes, did Ryan Reynolds and the CGI team for Green Lantern just catch a complete stray in our episode talking about the Hulk, yes. But is it deserved? Yes. And I also help, I think it helps frame where this movie is in the in the comic book canon. We have been watching a lot of like mid-2000s, early to mid-2000s, and honestly, even movies like Jonah Hex, which feel like they should be mid-2000s, but are not. Uh, and this, this fits in so nicely. Green Lantern feels like it should have come out in 2005, 2004 even. Um, yeah. Right. No, I, it's that I always think Green Lantern came out earlier. Yes, because it has, it to drips, it drips that era of comic book. You know what this drips? What's that? Whatever this era is. And then some. This is. It does its own thing, which yes. I actually really appreciate about this film. So I will just say like my overall. We're talking about Hulk. Yes, by the way, if you. If you uh, skip the, you know, if, if your podcasts are auto-playing and you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Yes. 2003. Yes. This is Ang Lee's take on the Hulk starring none other than Hollywood superstar Eric Bana. You know, every time you say Ang Lee's Hulk, I like in my head think like that's who was playing Hulk. Uh-huh. And then I think Eric Bana is like the, the name of the oh. character. Oh, the character. Yeah. Bruce not. Banner. Or. Eric Bana. I see it. I was just trying to remember the adopted last name. Finister. That started with like a K. Canasta. Can Canasta. No. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, we are talking about Keenster or something. Something like that. Uh, yeah, we are. We're going back before Mark Ruffalo, before Edward Norton, and we are and tackling after Lou. After Lou Ferrigno, <laughs> yes. Well, after Lou Ferrigno, and. That was my main takeaway from this, too, which we'll probably loop back to. But I thought the movie was like, it's fine. I think it was mediocre to slightly below mediocre. But 
Ang Lee's choice to stick to like using the multi-panel shots and the occasional like freeze frame animation into like cell shading super bold creative yeah. decisions and it in good and bad ways does reek of a time when comic book movies were that this no well, this i have never seen a movie like this and i mean that in a good way yeah no absolutely i was just gonna say like these movies like especially this one more than any of the other ones that we've talked about in this time period like wears its influence on its sleep like it wants you to know that this is a comic book being brought to life. The only other movie that I think has done this in this way is Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And it's very different. It's animated. It's much more modern, even though it is animated. Like, But like that is like, oh, we're watching comic strips The pages come are coming yeah. out. And I think other movies have attempted it. They've tried to do little things here and there, like a wink and a nudge to comics. But like this movie just did it and i it's not my favorite film but it's like it's like when you um see fashion and you're just like this is like ugly or like i would never wear this but it's so big and bold that it's like i have to appreciate like this person just going for it yes that's what it feels absolutely. like absolutely they I, did camp yes they did they went all in they went all in they did the stuff that like I bitched about for Fantastic Four and probably a bunch of other movies being like they were like trying really hard to like reject some aspects of their comic-y origins. This movie did not do that. It was like we are going to hit you with a frying pan over the head to remind you <laughs> what this comes from. Yes, and it would do that on the screen. And there were some moments where I was like, oh, cool. And there were some moments where I'm like, this is translating horribly. But at the end of the day, they did give it an honest effort. And I think it deserves some points for that alone, regardless of how I feel about the rest of it. Because I think under the skin of that lies a pretty boring take on the story, but it's garnished in a really cool way. It also, like, because of all that stuff, like the transitions, like the speed that it's doing, it has, like, horror vibes. And, like, it's pretty dark. The material itself is pretty dark. And we'll get into that, I think, in a little bit. But I definitely was like, ooh, it's, like, doing something cinematically that makes it feel like a horror. But, like, the content's not. Like, I was never scared. Mm. Except maybe of that poodle. But uh, Poodle's pretty scary. Poodles, <laughs> poodles are always no. scary. Let alone a Hulk top pool. No. Not? Not nah. a Labradoodle, but regular poodles. With that... Fucking show dog ass haircut. They're smart dogs. They are. I'm not well, saying that. that. Maybe that's, that's yeah, what makes exactly. Them that's why. That's why I fear them. Um, but yeah, I I totally agree. Um, it felt a little bit like when Sam. Well, Sam Raimi was trying to make parts of Spider Man Two a horror movie. The stuff with Doctor Octopus in the hospital that was clearly like a horror movie. You know, oh, packaged yeah. into this. But there were. This I, was like different. I agreed though. It was just like the cinema cinematography of it you really noted like a lot of like close-up shots and like like really like claustrophobic angles and stuff yeah. like that and i and I, just like the cutting away mm -hmm. and jumping and stuff yeah i thought it did a really good job like there's like a scene where there's like a bruce is having a flashback and like the room where his parents are like the door opens yeah. and like the hulk's in there i mean that is supposed to be yeah like but i thought that was horrific. that was definitely yeah. yeah not really what you're talking about but i i liked that i liked that because i thought 
the the one thing that really differentiated this to me from the other um, film portrayals of the Hulk that we've seen beyond what we've already talked about is the emphasis on Bruce's background and to what the, that the he's ex- like a scientist. Yeah. With, with his dad and like the family trauma that he has, like that's not something that the new oh, the yeah. Edward Norton or the Mark Ruffalo versions of the Hulk have expounded on at all. They're not interested in telling that story. Um, and I don't know what the comic origin was. Like if, David Banner was like, you know, if this is canon or if this was just like created for this movie, but it was really cool. Like diving into that. I don't know how I feel about, you know, like the dad, like already having like this condition that, that he genetic. passed on, which I, again, I'm saying this not knowing if that is the original like origin of the Hulk. All, all I'm really familiar with is the newer takes on it, which don't, yeah, they just don't talk well, about Marks, I guess is like using Ed's as like a, origin story but it's like not really like mark ruffalo's never met Liv tyler if you know what i mean yeah and you know that the the edward norton movie did start as a sequel to this but as it went on because i guess eric banna wasn't coming back they had thought about just doing it as a direct sequel but bringing in edward norton instead like not really in the mcu i guess um but eventually that all changed. I was going to say, really, isn't it also an origin story? It is, but they like kind of start it like in media res and it starts at least, well, I don't know if it starts like that or if it's like included in the story, but like Edward Norton is like hiding out in like Rio, like working in a factory, like being all low key, which is kind of how Eric Bana ends up in this movie. He's like down right. in South America, like keeping a low profile. And they were like, that's pretty much the only thing that it, it kept from its original but then, sequel DNA. Does it go like, you know, one year late, earlier? That's, or, what, that's what I don't remember. Or does it start there and then he's like brought back? That's what I'm kind of, I don't know. I think he does come back. Yeah, I don't know if it, it's not an origin story. But, well, oh, actually, I think they do the origin story in the credits. Like there's like a credit sequence yeah. that shows all of this. Yes. But I, I mean, I mostly think yeah. that that was... so it is kind of a sequel. That was like a common thread, but I think they they ignored the rest of the movie. Right. That just happened to stay in. But I thought that was pretty interesting because that was the second movie in the MCU and it wasn't even originally Also, they don't MCU. really make out that Bruce is like not able to act like a regular person because of this. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. I'm going to get back to that too. Um, okay, so to take out one pen, um, really dark version, really dark storytelling, starting from the very beginning with his dad, yeah, like passing it down, testing his son, we don't even get the full story till the very end that, like, he was gonna kill him, Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, then we get this like scene where we don't know what's happening behind the door. It like they make you think that he's like raping and murdering his mom. Yeah. Like that's like I think the implication. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Like it's been like 15 minutes. Yeah. No, we we jump all the way in the deep and end. And there's like a little baby hulky. Yeah. Gets a little green tinge. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's I thought all. that was very interesting, though. Like, a kind of a dormant, but it's still, like, affecting his cells, but, like, mm-hmm. not 
He's not obviously hulking He's not raging out. He just has the healing factor as a kid. Yeah. And like kind of like it's almost like a subdued of his personality. And then when he comes out, he's like, I feel alive for the first time, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I do think that's interesting. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, I I think I complained a lot when we watched Amazing Spider-Man about how I felt about the genetic plotline. Get like good Spider-Man movies. I don't even have the words to respond to what you just said. No, but I think it works better for this. And I just checked. This was not the original story of the Hulk. So I do think this is like a movie interpretation. And I don't know. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was fairly compelling. And the, the story was told in a, in a good way. I liked all the daddy stuff. Yeah. Even though I thought like Nick Nolte was like overdoing it throughout the entire movie. Oh, yeah. he was in his own, you know, Shakespearean adaptation <laughs> He's doing film. His thing. I have I have him listed in my notes only as daddy. So just as, everyone prepare as you should, as, as you do as well, I'm sure. Yes, naturally. Uh huh. Yeah, okay. I. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that. Eric Bana, I couldn't tell if he was like a good actor or not in this. I, I think he was spending I, a lot of time working on his American accent. Yeah. It's a bold move to get an Australian to play Bruce Banner. I could tell at a couple of points that he was, like, really trying to do an American accent. I never, like, latched onto it in the moment, but... One of his first lines is kind of uh, shaky. tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I this is embarrassingly, in some ways, the only Ang Lee movie that I've seen. Like, I skipped over all the I've good seen ones. Brokeback and I went straight Mountain. to. Yeah, like, I've never seen what? Brokeback Didn't Mountain. You see that? No, I've never seen Brokeback Mountain. I've never seen Life of Pi. I've never seen. Well, I mean, I've never seen Life of Pi. That movie looks boring. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But the lion's is name, that a hot take? The, the, the tiger's <laughs> name is Richard Parker. I like that. That's the only thing I know about it. Um, so, I don't know much about, like, the public perception of this movie when it was released. I think critical reception was probably pretty bad. But I also you didn't see Gemini Man. I did not see Gemini Man. That looked bad. That looked pretty rough. I'm not gonna lie. And I didn't. I also didn't see Billy Lynn's long halftime walk, starring Taylor Swift's ex. Um, What was I just saying? He hasn't done that many movies. No, he really hasn't. Um, I think he did like a couple like in the '90s as well, which is like when he started making Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. Um. I'm, I guess I'm, like, asking myself, like, when you hear about directors doing comic book movies now, typically it's, like, not much of a surprise because Marvel and DC are kind of, like, just trying to poach, like, big talent like Chloe Zhao. And, you know, I feel like... I don't know if that is the norm. Well, I feel like it is now. I feel like that's more of the anomaly to get a big time well, actor for them. Chloe, yeah, no, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. So... Like, that was a big deal. Yeah. And it didn't really pay off for that. No, it didn't. But I'm wondering, like... I don't know what the uh, public reputation of Ang Lee was in 2003 or 2002 when the movie was announced. Like when they're like, oh, there's a Hulk movie coming out. Cool. Ang Lee is directing it. Were people like, what the fuck? Or were they like, oh, like finally, like we have, we have an esteemed director. Well, after like Crouching. Movies. That uh, came out in what, 2000? Yeah. Yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's like a big movie. I, I need to see that. So, okay. So he's coming off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that case, I, I'd imagine people were pretty excited. 
because that seemed like a a hit at the time. But like his repertoire is all over the place. His a really interesting filmography. Like honestly, like a mix of these like action movies and then like these more drama, high romance movies. I don't so. think I knew that he Love did it. Brokeback Mountain. Like that seems yeah. I only knew that because I was just listening to a podcast with Jake Gyllenhaal and they were talking about it, and I didn't really process it that we were doing this movie too. Yeah, I don't think that would have crossed my mind if I heard it. But uh, yeah, so I don't know, you know, whether this is a Chloe Zhao situation or not. I like the directing style. Well, I like that he did it. Yeah. Again, I don't know if I liked like the it. movie, but I like that he did it. Yeah, the choice. Because I think if you had just done it how they do any other one, it's just like not that great of a movie. So I think it's made better by like these really bold choices. That was its saving grace. So. Yes. I think he was the right choice for it because otherwise it would have just fallen like really flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think I said it before, but like the the core of this movie is pretty, pretty boring. You know, it's there's the Wikipedia is like it was criticized for its lack of action sequences. And I was like that. I mean, the whole last like 20 minutes is an action sequence, but it's boring. so boring. Yeah, that's I. I like, nobody cares. Nobody cares about Sam Elliott, and that takes a lot to say. Yeah. Yeah, they did him dirty. He's so boring. It's Which is such a shame, because, like, I want to I wanna punch whoever was, like, just give him, like, these boring-ass lines. Like, let Sam Elliott go crazy. They should have just turned him into the Red Hulk. Like, I don't care if it made sense for the, for the storyline or not. But like, give me, give me something to do here. Or even I would have taken like more emotional drama of him, like reckoning, like with his role in like abandoning this child. I mean, it seems like he did have a pretty happy childhood with his mom. Sure. Adopted mom. But But I don't think Ross gives a shit. He does. He has one line about it being like, he's like kind of collateral damage. But like, I think if he had shown some emotional depth. It would have made for a more interesting plot, but I'm, I was never saying, I I never like was on board with his relationship with his daughter or why she trusted him or like why she went to him at all. Like all of that was just like, I don't buy it, Jen Connolly. Yeah. And not at all. I don't buy it, Sam. Nope. Yeah. It just, it didn't, it didn't come together. Like his dad was a fun villain, but like, the way it played out was boring. Yeah. At the end. All the stuff in the beginning was like frightening. There yeah, was that horror they, element. They had a really great setup and I don't think they could figure out how to resolve it while having like action sequences. Cause in the bit of reading that I did about the incredible Hulk, the 2008 movie being like a prospective sequel to this one, I think like the studio was like, Hey, like, it was either the studio or it was the new writers noted that like in this movie, there wasn't like a threat to Bruce, right? Like it was a lot of like interpersonal drama, like his dad being scary, Thunderbolt Ross, like coming after him. But like in terms of like a true physical threat to the Hulk, I'm not counting the thing at the end with his dad. Cause like that was dumb, but like there's no, there's no moment because we as the audience know that the Hulk is like the Hulk. He can fucking take the damage and move on. So like watching scenes with him, like fighting like the military and stuff, it's like, okay, cool. Like we get to see the Hulk doing Hulk shit, but an unlike abomination, 
or like Thanos, there's no one that is serving as right. an actual threat. And besides He's Ross, a threat to himself, right? But that doesn't like make for and the a, dogs, uh, I, the dogs, the fucking dogs. Well, I'll talk about the dogs when we get there. I don't like that his mom looks like Liv Tyler slash Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. I, I got a little confused when we first saw her. I was like, wait. I was like, is that her? They all look like the same woman. Brown hair. Yeah. Soft eyes. Yeah. Like. But mostly Jennifer Connelly and the mom look a lot alike. I agree. It threw me for a loop for a hot second. Also, we don't spend enough time dealing with the mom's staff. We spend no time. It's never addressed. Well, it is addressed. Well, it's addressed, but it's not like really addressed. Like, what is she? Chopped it's liver? maybe the most dramatic death of all time. <laughs> She's got her hand. Tr- trots outside and reaches out towards a, a green mushroom. Ignores the child. Like, I, I mean, you're Bruce, dying. Bruce, like, get out of the I way. I, I, I have can't to go, criticize too much. I need to go but. die dramatically. You're not going to mess this up for me. It... <laughs> The parents' plot was being directed by somebody else. That's what it felt like, for sure. Or they, like, did that, and then they were like, um, sir, you were doing a Hulk movie, and that is not the approach we're taking to the rest of this, okay? Yeah, it it felt very disconnected. I did think that the whole set piece of the town in the desert, we just saw the trailer for the new uh, Wes Anderson movie, which is called like Asteroid City. Asteroid City, and I'm like, did they just use the same set? It is literally that. It's, it's like three insane. buildings and in the middle like of the desert. And it's like eerie, like this is. Yeah. Like it also reminds me of the beginning of um. What's the movie that's like takes place at Chernobyl? It's like a monster. Uh, Wait, we what? watched it. We watched it? It's like a sci-fi movie. It's like a big sci-fi movie. This is embarrassing. Not King Kong, but like the other one. Wait, Godzilla? Yes. Didn't we watch that? That doesn't take place in Chernobyl, does it? I don't remember enough. You're probably right. The beginning part with the parents and the nuclear explosion. Isn't oh, it like Brian Cranston? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Isn't that Chernobyl? I think it is. Yeah. Anyway, it reminds me of that. Yes, I agree. It was a long walk around to get we got there. We got back there, though. I did think it was really funny. It felt like a set, but at the same time, it didn't. What it really reminded me of, and you did mention that it was like a Cold War thing, um, was like in, in Call of Duty. You know, my, my old Call of Duty heads will get this one. There's a map called Nuketown, which is like, also, I think it's like the, the, the shitty fourth Indiana Jones movie. Like a prop town that's built to like test bombs on. Oh right! And it all it's it feels like very fifties, like very stuck in time. Fallout kind of has the same vibes. Um, I also want to note that well, Fallout is like stuck in time, isn't it? Well, yeah, there was like everything looked like the fifties was the future, and then the nukes went off, and yeah. Um, I also want to say that like I don't know if this is on account of the movie or on the account of your podcast hosts but when we jumped to the adoptive mom we were both like is that supposed to be the same person i did not know wait like, what does that do with my podcast host no i was saying like as us like, uh, i don't know if it was the fault of the movie or us for just being slow on the uptake but we were both like did she just change her hair or yeah i was like why did they recast this actress like is that his mom from the beginning <laughs> 
Luckily, they do explain it, like, pretty quick, because I also have this note at some point, like, this whole movie, especially the beginning, I would say, like, the first hour, it's all subtext. Like, they're never actually telling you anything. It's all just, like, subtext. Like, oh, yeah, like, Bruce and Betty have, like, been together, but then they broke up, and, like, oh, it's it's because he's he's distant. distant. Yeah, but it's, like, and they're, like, kind of saying it. But they're not saying it. And I'm like, I get it. You know, we should be like, you know, right to the audience you want to have. Maybe like bring them up to your level. Don't spoon feed them what's going on. Like Aaron Sorkin method kind of. But I was a little bit like, I'm not keeping up here. (laughs) Yeah, I I felt. And part of the plot is meant to be like that. You're not supposed to know what happened. We're catching up in the middle of it. But you can make that choice at the same time. Uh, your audience's ability to get to know the characters might suffer a little bit because they're all talking to each other. Yeah. Like they've known each other for decades, which they have, but we're coming into it in the middle of them, like having right. this life change. And we're like, so why are we supposed to care about this? This kind of happened in another movie. I feel like, Oh, I think it was, um, the Wolverine, the second one where it's like, What's happening? Yeah. Where are we? Right. Everyone's a little unclear about but like what's already happened and what's going to happen. We were doing that along with the main character. That's true. For this, this one. we weren't. Like, we as the audience were not on the same page as the main character. Yeah. Which felt odd. Yeah. That's almost what kind of made it feel like a horror movie, too. It was like we were witnessing something that, like, we weren't in. Mm-hmm. We were bystanders. Yeah. No, I get that. I feel like if if they had like made the choice to have like well, because Bruce was like, I don't remember what happened. Like I was in a in a weird what I thought was a very weird line when his dad's like asking him like, oh, you remember what happened? And Bruce is like, no, that happened when I was only a small boy. I was like, why do you say small boy? That's just a weird. I just being that. vague about ages, okay? <laughs> I was like, what a weird thing to say. Because he definitely looked like at least six or seven. Yeah, like we're not talking like. Those memories would stick around. Yes. You would think. And I'll probably mention this more than once. I'll just say it now. Spit it out. This movie is... Um, oh, I forgot the word. It's like per, uh, perpetuating this lie of repressed memories. It is not a real thing that happens... And the 90s made us feel like everyone was walking around with repressed memories and that you needed a therapist to hypnotize you so that you could remember, like, in Michelle Remembers. And it is a lie. I don't know what Michelle Remembers is, but I I do agree that the idea of, like, oh, this memory is kicking around in my head, but there's a wall. Like, and like, I just, it's, it's like, not I real. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie is perpetuating it. It is perpetuating it. God damn it. Angley, have some responsibility. Uh, I don't know if he wrote this. I don't think he did. Angley, I'm sorry. You didn't deserve that. I don't know. I who thought wrote he actually this. did the flashbacks in a really cool way. I agree. They I were really like, yeah, they were like kind of, I mean, the whole movie stylized, but they, yeah, they were not like on the nose. You know, we're not doing Ghost Rider flashbacks here. If we all remember from our Ghost Rider episode where they just showed scenes from the movie right. again 20 minutes later. 
This is there's no, some I never once had that thought. Not at all. Can I also say, in addition to like the comic book stuff, all I could think about was 24. Every time it went multi-panel on screen, I was like, I feel like I'm watching a 24 episode. I don't remember that enough from 24. Oh, yeah. They would do... I only really watched the last season, though, of 24. Okay. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that, that's a choice. That wasn't even one of the good seasons. But it was a big deal because it, it was the last season. It was. It was pretty goofy, but it was, it was fun to watch. I mean, I'm sure they did it, too, in the last season, but I just didn't hold on to that memory. Well, they always used to do, like... It, at least like a split screen they would do like it would be like jack on the top and then like somebody else like diffusing a bomb and they'd be going back and forth but other times oh, they would right. do like up yeah. to four or they would have like two characters and like a clock ticking yeah like when they would, wanted to remind you of it classic god i know 24 has not aged well for myriad reasons mostly like jack bauer just like wanting to like really torture everybody but like what a, what a time you know and you know what? Maybe there was a direct influence there because 24 had only started a little bit before this. So I wouldn't be surprised if like... Before this? No way. 24 ended in like 2009, 2010. No. And it went for eight seasons. 2011, I think. I'm going to check this real quick out of curiosity. So I'm wondering if there was like a studio person being like, you can do this because 24 is doing this right now and people will love that shit. I think if anything, it was opposite that 24... But not even. I just think that's more of a uh, that type of show thing. The whatever those shows are called. I'm sorry. I just typed in 24 on Google to try to go it, and the Wikipedia article right now is currently named Stinky on Google. When you go to the article, it does not say Stinky, but just for the listeners keeping track at home, it started in 2001, which makes a lot of sense. Let's be honest. Counter, I really didn't unit. realize it was that old. Yeah, it went and it ended in um. Okay, series finale broadcast in 2014. That's not. Wait, what? That's no not... way. I was in high school. We were in high school. Wait, that's that's 24. Live another day. Bullshit. That's not the main series. I just want to know when the actual original show ended. 2010. Okay. Anyway, um, this is not a 24 podcast. My bad. Double cameo. We do have the double cameo. Stan Lee and Lou Ferrigno. I thought that was really cute. It was cute. And I also realized that I know Lou Ferrigno more from Cameos? I Love You Man than I do from the actual. Oh, book. right. And he's like playing himself. Yeah. Right? He's the one like selling his house. Yeah. Um, also we have like a young Thunderbolt Ross and he doesn't have the mustache. And I'm like, this is, this is not right. One, because Sam Elliott without a mustache isn't right, which is why his appearance in Justified was so fucking weird. But also like, I just associate Ross, the character with that as well. Cause I think William Hurt always had the, the mustache too. And Harrison Ford will hopefully have the mustache. I can't picture Harrison with a mustache. Me neither. So we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if they forego it, but. Um, why would I marry you anyway? So I can kiss you anytime I want to. Do you know what that is? Oh my God. Yes. It's a, it's Sweet Home Alabama. Correct. Why am I bringing it up? Because what's his name? (laughs) 
Exactly. Talbot. That guy, yeah. Is also from Sweet Home Alabama. His his most famous Where role, perhaps? A much sweeter boy. Yeah, he is not a sweet boy. Not a sweet boy at all. No. Mean boy. Not mean... as hot either, gotta no. say. Looked like a douchebag. Yeah. I mean he's kind of a douchebag in Sweet Home Alabama, but like you love him. A redeemable douche. Definitely. This one he's just through and through. He makes glassware from lightning in the sand. <laughs> Oh my god. What a what a job. How much money does he make from that? Um I also didn't realize until after we finished the movie that I guess his name Josh Lucas is that actor's name. And yeah, his character's name is Talbot. There's also a character on Agents of Shield named Talbot, and they are the same person. Anyone named Talbot is from the military and he's probably racist and he sucks. Yes. Correct, which is also true of the one in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't think they have anything in common besides their name and that they're from the comics. And I liked the one in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. more because he got like... Are they supposed to be the same? But like... Talbot? But they're not. Like the Talbot in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like it's the same Talbot though. Yeah, it's Glenn Talbot. Yeah. Um, Glenn. Glenn. And he was just like get dunked on all the time in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was like his role. How embarrassing. And he became the main villain. And he failed at that too. Um... I thought that the version of Bruce that we are introduced to, like before the hulking out when he's not like being like a, a shut down, like weirdo, I see like a lot of shades of like the early days of Mark Ruffalo's version in it. Like the way he was talking to Betty and like the way he was like interacting. I was like, I, I kind of feel like I see like similarities in those versions of Bruce more than him and Edward Norton's version. I feel like no, yeah. very different. Um, Edward Norton has way too much like ego to like play Bruce Banner. Yeah, he was never the right call for that part. It it just doesn't work. But and obviously like Mark Ruffalo's version has gone through like a lot of changes over the course of the movies. But like when we first meet him in Avengers and in you know in Avengers, he's kind of doing the same thing that he's doing at the end of this movie. Again, they just put him back in like a poorer country helping people. Yeah. Um, Which I like that. Yeah, me too. And so, it makes sense for this character and I think for Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, big time. But again, not for Ed. Not for Ed. Because Ed ends his movie like in a hut by himself, like meditating, which that makes sense for his version of the character. But I think this shares a lot of a lot of DNA. I also, even though like the plot was mad, I, I enjoyed Jennifer Connelly as Betty. I, I did too. She was, she was solid. I thought the character choices of her leaning on her daddy was a bit much. Yeah, yeah. Like, writing aside, I just feel like I don't see Jennifer Connelly in that much stuff. Top Gun. Well, yeah. The new one. Right. Well, I just, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't... I just don't think I've seen a lot of her movies. And he's just not that into you. Her character is sad. I think I've seen that. You have. I watched it with you. Yes. Yeah. Don't She's remember. married to Bradley Cooper, who's like gaslighting her and lying to her about smoking, and he's cheating on her. But the thing that she's most upset about is that he lied about smoking, and then he gaslit. Wait, wait, hold on. It's hold really on. bad. Hold on. They, are they getting work done on their house? Yes, they're renovating. Why their do I remember house? this? Because it's horrifying what he does to her. It is. It's really bad. 
He's then, like, oh, no, it's not me. It must be the guys working. And, and then she looks like a crazy person. Yeah. She's, like, accusing people. She's, like, mad at him. She goes to his office to have sex with him to, like, try and repair their marriage. And his, like, mistress is in the back closet listening to the whole thing. Who is Scarlett Johansson. It's wild. We, uh, sorry. I, we, it's a great We, we must have watched this, like, not that long ago. I've it, watched it a lot. Yeah, but I've seen it once, and I'm having, like, really, like, vivid memory of it. Like, she's, like, throwing clothes, like, down yes. the stairs at him. Yes. Why the fuck do I remember this so much? Also, Ben Affleck's in it, and he's, like, kind of an asshole, but also kind of nice. He's on a boat. <laughs> well, that all tracks for Ben Affleck, doesn't it? Sorry. He's just, with Jennifer I, Aniston. Oh, okay. And he's like, I refuse to get married. Yes. Because I'm a better husband not being married to you. Ay, ay, ay. We watched this in September. Pretty fresh. So <laughs> this was a mini episode on he's just not that into you. I didn't even get into the Justin Long part of it all. There's no time. All right. Um, The dog thing is odd for daddy. I don't get his whole thing with the dogs. I don't know. Supposed to be into like reptiles and stuff. Yeah, we just have like montages of him like killing. Just got out of prison. Who okayed this foster program with these dogs? (laughs) Also, like, who's getting rid of a standard poodle? So yeah, fuck this. I don't want any more. They took like six dog shows and kept losing. Yeah, very bougie. Yeah. so fucking Scooby Doo, so Scooby Doo. <laughs> like that's all. I oh, think when about. they Hulk out, like a jacked up. But like, even before that, a CGI abomination pit bull. No, I'm that's like, a oh different my character. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So the I was worried about the Hulk CGI because my only exposure to this movie, I like I've seen like the same screenshots like a billion times, which is like. The Hulk standing on that street in San Francisco in broad daylight. And I'm like, it looks like just ass. But they made a really good call, even though they couldn't maintain the level of quality throughout the entire movie, by having us first see this uh, model of the Hulk like in shadow. He's in the dark. He's inside. And when you see it like that, you're not really able to tell just how rubbery it really looks. He's really in the shadows for a lot of his hulky. Yes. Which is really keeping dim lights. I think it's for the best because when he's like (laughs) exposed, I'm like, put it back. The hair. Honestly, the hair is so bad. It's yeah. That bad call, bad call. And it is wild to me. Like, I don't know what they could have done better. Actually, you know what did a great job with a green outfit that's, like, outlandish that came out kind of around the same time? Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, my God. That's a great costume. Yeah, that that must have been prosthetics. No. Well, he wore the costume. Yeah, yeah. You can, like, see it. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, that, that... I the mean, advantage smaller, of that, but still, it's not the same. I get it's, it. It's hard, guys. but like the jump, the jump between this movie and the next iteration of the Hulk in terms of CGI is crazy, because the 2008 one like holds up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it's like the thing in Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, but that was also a year later. <laughs> 
I mean, it's, again, a little bit different, but whatever. For sure. They did their best. It actually doesn't... The actual green part of it doesn't bother me as much as the face and the hair. Yeah, the face is really goofy, too. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it was, like, kind of hard for me to, like, exactly put my finger on, like, where it felt a little funky. Just, like, a bit of the Uncanny Valley effect. Yeah, For sure. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. How daddy talked about um bruce he talks about him like martha (laughs) martha talks about how do you know that name (laughs) literally it's like how she talks about clark kent where she's like he's not like the other kids he's not normal like he's special like he's going to do amazing things which is why he can't be like what other kids are like yeah And I think that was, I mean, this is before he like really goes off the rails, but I thought that was like a really interesting perspective on Bruce in general and that like no one talks about Bruce Banner like that. Yeah. And and I think it's because it's usually portrayed in this way. It's like he did this to himself. Like he did this like he accidental gamma exposure to radiation rather than like this version where he was like born with it. So it is like different, but I thought that that was like a really cool perspective for the dad to have. But then it like was lessened by the fact that he like wanted to like kill him. Yeah. I, (laughs) I really, and then was like, no, I want to see my real son, the Hulk, which that, I kind of got, but like, yeah, him, him going off the rails in the past didn't track with like present day daddy. No, I didn't like it. Like there was potential for like a more, there's potential for a story that didn't really have a place in this movie. Whereas like just like a more understated thing about like, I don't know, like the ethics and like morals of what happened and like his dad, like expressing like regret and like mixed emotions. But then it like just turns him into like a supervillain. Right, like, and I think it lost a lot of the what made that storyline good to that point. They never show what happened to his dad, but between the time that he wanted to kill his son to when he was released from prison, he's like looking for his son in like a loving, like he's like, I want to see my son. Like we don't see what happened to him in between that time or like why he now wants to have wants to like work on his son or whatever like if anything i feel like when he gets released he should be trying to finish the job and be blaming the son for his mom's death that would be a much more interesting way to do it exactly like yeah i'm the one that yeah like but it's your fault because you're a monster that i created right way more compelling than whatever this was yeah it was just they made some really Questionable choices. Already talked about the dogs. Uh, yeah, I just think it like they really like lost the thread of what would have made that plot function well, and then it just it just stopped working. And by the end of it, I just found myself not really caring about that plot thread anymore because it had been pulled off in a direction that I just didn't give a shit about. I was like, they had a good thing going when we set up this story, and then it just puttered out. I didn't know anyone's motivation for this movie. Like, what's Betty up to? She's a double crosser. That's she what she is. is. She's a double crosser, and then she's, like, upset about it. But I'm like, you fucking knew what your dad's agenda was, and you're like, 
oh, it'll be fine if I hand you over. Right. And then I almost feel like, are we supposed to agree with Sam Elliott right now? In what, in what scene we're just like, what, that he's a threat that we, he needs to be like contained for like further evaluation or something. Yeah. And that like, this was the only real option otherwise, which I do kind of feel like there weren't a lot of options on the table, but I don't know. I just, and then like, we're supposed to be like, oh, well, Sam Elliott's actually like the good guy. Cause like. The rest of the military is even worse, but then he gets like nuclear weapons okayed by fake Bush and fake Connelly's Rice. <laughs> yeah. Was I that the real Connelly's Rice, by the way? It looked like her. Uh, let me see. I feel like it could have potentially. I've seen, she has made cameos in other movies, which I think is funny. Yeah, I was gonna say like it could have been her because I know she's popped up in other stuff before. Uh, I mean, I haven't even gotten there, but I was just, like, confused on what we were supposed to think of all of these characters and, like, their motivations. It wasn't. It wasn't her. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. It definitely wasn't. I'm, like, looking at a picture of the real her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I Again, like, I do think that's, like, a main driving force of, like, the Hulk as a character in his stories is, like, is Bruce Banner, like, an actual threat? Because of, like, just, like, his own nature, or should he, like, be allowed to, like, his, like, his independence and agency, that's, like, a common thread, but it just, like, I doesn't tell the story, it doesn't do it well, it doesn't do it justice. I was also never scared of him as the Hulk in this, like, well, he doesn't, he doesn't he do hasn't anything. done anything, like, to be worthy of this, like, national security crisis, like, he smashed up that one thing at the college. Right. That's a big bummer. Someone did pay for that yes. out of their endowment, out of their <laughs> tuition money. Like, tuition's going to go up after oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then um, he's kind of, you know, mean to Sweet Home Alabama, but then he kind of deserved it. Yeah. Even he before he provokes him, I mean, at the Oh, house. yeah, no, still. Yeah, like, I don't remember enough about the... Uh, Ed Norton Hulk to see if it painted him as like a public threat, but I mean there was the whole incident in New York. Oh yeah, well that one's pretty bad, and then the Mark Ruffalo ones like really like early they definitely lean into that. Um, well, they always reference what happened. Well, they they reference yeah the Bronx or Brooklyn or, and then but like you have in the first Avengers like Hulk like attacking Black Widow, and being like oh yeah like this is this is what can happen when he like gets out of control. And then when he gets mind controlled in Age of Ultron by Scarlet Witch, it's like, oh, yeah, he's like a. It's scary. He's, yeah, he is. Oh, no, scary. I definitely think the other two Hulks have more of a threatening presence. But I do think that's a that's a flaw of this movie, because if we're like ever supposed to empathize with Ross's position, it makes it hard because we're mostly seeing Bruce is like this kind person right. and his Hulk. is Even not. his Hulk is very gentle. Right. Like he opens a car door. He opens a car door. He, he like normal jet from crashing. Like right. he's like, Oh, it's about to crash. Even though he's trying to kill me, I'm going to save he's him. He's very gentle. Right. I also feel like there's something odd about the time of this movie. Like it's 2003 post nine 11 it's on its face a pretty anti-military movie. Yeah, it is. Isn't that odd? But yeah. then they have this scene with like 
fake Bush and fake Connelly's a race. And it's like, they're like, okay, all good. And I'm like, yeah, but like, also we like intellectually know that like, they have to do something like he can't just be hulking out. Right. I don't know. The, the military aspect of it all is like, it's quite surprising how anti-military it is for 2003. Yeah. We're, we're directly in the, the post nine eleven years fully in invasion of Iraq territory. So yeah, I mean, I think that's and, like, like, we're all happy to be there at this point. Right. Culturally. Public, public opinion is very much in favor. We have not come around on it yet. And that's a, that's a, a really interesting point because I know we've, we've talked about like military depictions and other comic book movies and this definitely like threads a line where, yeah, we're not, we are like interpreting Ross and like his, his goons is like a huge, like abuse of power and like overreach. And, like they're the, they're the enemy to our beloved Hulk. So I don't know what, uh, I don't know what they were going for here. I don't know yeah. what we were supposed to think. I don't know if they intended for there to be like a message to it or what, or if they were just doing that to try to be timely. Right. Comics have a very, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, have a very interesting relationship with the military in terms of, like, who's the real enemy here? Yeah. No, big time. Like, we must have talked about that for, like, the, the Iron Man movies and then, of course, later, like, the like Winter Soldier and stuff gets into it more. But, yeah, I never I never know how to interpret it. Sometimes, like, because this movie is an Ang Lee movie, I'm like, maybe there could have been something there. But I'm also like, maybe I'm just overestimating how politically minded anyone was when writing these movies in 2003. I don't know. Maybe they just thought him fighting the military would be a cool set piece. And Thunderbolt Ross is like a classic enemy of the Hulk. So that's what we're doing. I don't think you can just be flipping about it. I agree. Especially in 2003. No, I'm just kind of like spitballing but i, I and i think they have to get permission to use like the names of military things like marvel pays the military anytime they're like mentioned they're like yeah the, it's it's legally required for the army to have like input or the military to have input which is really fucking it's weird by like the way. they're copyrighted or alma yeah or something it's a it's a little weird it's a little weird anyway everyone's also a therapist yeah big time like jennifer connelly's like we're going to get out these repressed memories without any training. Yeah, like, like how, She's how a doctor, do but not that kind of doctor. And Sweet Home Alabama is like, uh, we're going to do this, like, brain thing. Like, I, I don't know if we're supposed to know that he's also a scientist. Is he kind of like a Dr. Doom where it's like, I'm a lesser scientist, so I'm going to do, like, a worse job at the science here, which is why I need you guys. Like, I think that's kind of what was being I implied. So. I think so. But I was like, do you know what you're doing? No. Absolutely not. Apparently, he did it. Well, he... Yeah. You're right there. You're right there. I also didn't think when he died, he died. I thought he was going to pop up later. I didn't think he died either. But he, he did, did die. Did they say he died? They never said he died, but the Wikipedia is like, he gets killed when the grenade goes off. I'm like, the way that they did that, also crazy. Freeze frame to Talbot getting like a white outline over a comic book panel and then moving on. I was like, oh, okay. He's, he's gone. Oh man. I don't, I don't have a ton more notes. Um, 
most of mine is they're just like what we've already talked about, just like respecting the audacity of it all. I'm concerned that we spent all of our money by the time we got to the end of the movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's rough. It's rough out there. It, it is. In it, Asteroid City. It is not. It's not great. It's not great. Um, what other? Oh, I for some reason thought that like when Hulk gets put in like that secret underground cell, I was like this. Feels like an X Men set. I was like, it looks like where Cerebro is, right? Which I'm like, well, that that tracks. We get this like half and half redemption arc for Daddy, where he like lays it out for Jennifer Connelly to be like, this is what happened, and it sucks. And I do, I think that's all supposed to be genuine because like we need that information. Like we've been waiting for that all movie. But then it was, like, he was doing that as a way to get to Bruce. Like, that's obvious. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's just... also, like, it is supposed to be genuine. And I'm, like, what's... Where is this all coming from? As we talked about earlier, like, he has not done the work. Yeah. He hasn't seen a therapist until he saw Jennifer Connelly. He's apparently a therapist, so I guess so. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, like, the... It, it would have worked better, like, not having him, like, trying to game her to get to Bruce. Just, like... Or just game her outright. Right. Like... No, you can't have it You can't ways. give us pivotal information, but also be like, but I was just saying that. Right. It's like, is he an unreliable narrator, or was he being 100% honest? Because that doesn't really make any sense for him to, like, actually give all of the information. Like, maybe there is a writer's strike going on at this time. <laughs> that's being that's being generous. <laughs> I think they it's just, just kind of botched not, it. It's not our best work here, gang. And I was really shocked at, like, how the ending, like, deflated. It's also a long fucking it's movie. It's way too long. It's two hours and 18 minutes long, and Molly was like, this intro is 18 minutes long. Like, that's our problem. Which it was. It was not. The rest of the movie was also too long. Just, it's, it's very bloated. The end scene, I was kind of hoping they were setting up Daddy as, like, a sequel villain. But then they just did it. They're like, no, we're also fighting him. Yeah, that was so shoehorned in. And then he kind of explodes, and they think he's dead. Yeah, I'm like, he's not fucking dead. And then Sam Elliott's like, you would tell me a right. year later. Yeah. He calls Betty to be like, Hey, Well, he did call me six months ago, but we hadn't had this conversation. So I didn't know I was supposed to tell you. <laughs> so like, you didn't check in with me, dad. I was just like, I enjoyed the scene where he's like fighting the military in the desert. It, I was saying to Molly, it reminded me of the incredible Hulk ultimate destruction game that I had on PS2, which was great. And, uh, I think, like I talked about earlier, because they didn't have like a real physical threat to the Hulk, like they were struggling to figure out how to end it, so they did this thing with his dad. But like I just was like, wow, this was such like uh it just ended like with a whimper to me. His dad's power was pretty cool. It was cool. Underutilized. For, like, two minutes. Yeah. Best just, scene was with the janitor. I the agree. real janitor. Yeah. No security okay. guard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it just kind of like petered out and I was like, damn, like, I feel like we could have done better than that. And I mean, I like the ending. Like I like where it leaves Bruce. I, I think that's cool and true to, to Bruce Banner as a, as a character, but you know, 
we've been watching. It's it's been a uh, we've had a string of movies here. We well, just watched, no, we, Deadpool. We watched Deadpool, but but going from Ghost Rider to Jonah Hex to this in rapid succession, like we're kind of like in the in the depths. Well, we're about to see Joaquin Phoenix's prowess. Yeah, so we're you know as far as you know whatever you consider uh, the the echelons of comic book movies, we're we're really swinging the the pendulum here. So we will, we'll see. We'll see how it compares, you know? We'll see if it can stack up to this masterpiece. All I can say is this does make me feel like I need to watch another angling movie to have a better understanding of him as a director. All right, Brokeback Mountain. I feel like, yeah, it's called it's for It's also a really long movie. I, I believe it. That seems like a slow burner. I kind of fell asleep during it. Don't tell anyone. I front like I've seen it. <laughs> I fell asleep. What? How how long in? Maybe an hour. Okay. An hour and a half. Oh no. It's like a, I feel like it's like a two and a half hour long movie. You're really rounding up then, huh? What I'm do you a, mean? Like when you say you've seen it. You're right. I up. said I'm fronting. Yeah. I'm t- I'm telling everybody. All right. <laughs> um, that'll be our next episode. <laughs> After we finish, he's just not that into you. Yeah, catch us on um, Sweet Home Alabama. Into the into the rom com verse. Oh my god, I would love it. Spin off. It's just I mean we're watching movies anyway. Why not just do podcasts about all of them, right? Well, we hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, for the for the Hulk heads out there, let us let us know your thoughts. Did you like this one more than Edward Norton or Mark Ruffalo's takes? Well, we haven't seen a Marky Mark one. We haven't. But are we are we clamoring for uh, Eric Bana to be brought back in Avengers Secret Wars alongside Hugh Jackman and Tobey Maguire? Maybe even uh, the guy that played uh, Mr. Fantastic, whose name I don't remember. Are we really is anyone asking for those two people, Hugh Jackman and Tobey Maguire? Can you imagine if they brought back Eric Bana? As, like, a cameo in one of those movies? People would be like, oh, was that supposed to be a cameo? Like, oh, that, I don't recognize that guy. Now, what they should do is bring him back in She-Hulk, because they do more She-Hulk. Yes. That's, that's the one place where we can make this work. That should be his son. <laughs> oh, my God. Make it make sense. They could do it. You guys got it. <laughs> All right. Until next time. We, we are, are out of the, the Superverse. superverse.